You're now listening to Adulting with Vicky. It's a coming-of-age podcast about millennials navigating adulthood. I'll talk about anything from life after college to bridging generational gaps, social media, and most importantly, being your best self. Join me, Vicky Wynn, as I figure out how to be an adult. Hey guys, and welcome back to Adulting with Vicky. You know, as adults, I feel like we are riddled with making big decisions all the time. And at the same time, they feel like way bigger than they actually are. Because if you think about it, it's all these little things that build up to the bigger picture. And a struggle that I think a lot of us go through is we tend to get just really focused on the small details and we forget to look at everything all together, especially what we want out of life. I mean, I feel like everyone's having these quarter life crises trying to figure out what they want and are they happy. But the way that we could help ourselves with that is just being a little bit more intentional with our choices and not chasing instant gratification all the time. That's just something that we look for because we want a marker to say, okay, you're doing a good job. You're doing fine. And I totally get that. I mean, I do that all the time too. But when I was first approached by the guest for this week, Susie Trujillo, she had an interesting concept, but first the end. And I'll have her get a little bit into that in a bit. But first, I want to introduce her. So, hey, Susie, how are you? Hi, Vicky. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself before we go into the concept? Yeah, of course. So I am a strategy consultant living in Venice, California. What I help founders do of growth stage companies is I help them build effective brand positioning and marketing programs for growth. So what that really means is I sit down with founders in early stage companies and help them match their products with their target markets and ensure that messaging is all aligned and then pick from the variety of marketing tactics in this day and age to make sure that they're maximizing their time and their budget to ensure that they can get to the next stage of growth, whether that's something for to raise another round of money or just another benchmark that they already have set in terms of growing up their company. I I think it's kind of interesting that you came up with a concept, but first the end, and that you're also in advertising and you're just so interested in how the mind works. (laughs) So why don't you go, why don't you go ahead and explain what that whole concept is for people who are not familiar whatsoever? Yeah, so a few months ago, I went through a lot of endings. I went through a breakup. I went through a transitioning of um, an engagement strategy with my clients. And I started journaling about it because it's something that's really therapeutic for me. And I started writing about what it feels like for things to come to an end. And my mind ended up going to the beginning. I started thinking about the first few months of my company a few years ago and really who I wanted to serve at that point and really where I wanted to go with it. And I also thought about the first weekend where I met my former partner and what it felt like for those first beginning instances. And so I started playing around with this whole concept of starting at the end and kind of like reverse engineering or or looking backwards. And as with many things, things just started flowing. And I started thinking about this concept in a few different ways. So one, in personal relationships, um, you know, picturing how a relationship will end, like what could that look like, feel like, leave us with? Not so much so of anticipating and trying to predict, Mm -hmm. but more so how do you want to feel? Like So instead of expectations, but setting intentions of who you want to be at the end of that relationship, because ultimately everything in our lives is finite. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if 
the world was like the notebook and you die with your partner, um, it, that relationship does come to an end. And then also re- relating that back into business. Every client relationship that you have will one day come to an end, even if it's a beautiful, lasting, multi-decade relationship, mm-hmm. which actually usually isn't um, true in this day and age because everything's changing. Yeah. But how would you want to leave that client or that partner? And who do you want to be at the end of that? And, and how do you want to leave, leave that situation? So I, I just started journaling about this and I found it really, really fascinating and started talking to a few different people and how this concept could improve our decision making and how we could actually seek out others who are more suited for us for better personal and business relationships. I wanted to start sharing this with people because I thought it was a really fascinating thing and Coming from a consulting background, you really sell people on profits and value. Mm-hmm. So it's really about the roadmap to be able to be the trusted advisor to guide them through these different pieces of creating a, a marketing strategy or creating a marketing program. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we do is we we think about how we can help them set smart goals and objectives to move to the next stage. And so I'm kind of was already offering this in a sense of a framework to my business clients. Mm-hmm. And I just started digging in a little bit deeper when it came to the interpersonal connections and layers of this concept. The interpersonal portion of this concept is what fascinates me even more because for business, I I feel like that's a little bit easier to grasp because, you know, there's a little bit less emotion in there since it's a it's a business transaction. And so you're building a business relationship. But when it comes to, say, like having a significant other or something, you know, breakups can be messy. How can you do that when, you know, you're evaluating if you want to be in a relationship with someone? Because uh, like you said, you can't predict what will happen. But I want to see how you can use, you know, reverse engineering from the end to kind of help you make these decisions. Yeah. So when you think about the ending of a relationship, a lot of times there's a lot of negative connotations with that, right? Mm -hmm. Something is over with. Maybe there's like guilt and shame that you've done something wrong or you could have done something differently. And you might have reflective on events where you have regret or you wish that you had acted differently or maybe you even wish that you, um, they had acted differently towards you. And, you know, you do a lot of reflection at the end Mm -hmm. because it sort of caps off a chapter of your life. And I think if you apply this to really any scenario, whether it be a romantic relationship or a platonic friendship or a business relationship or any time when you're engaging with another human, right? Mm -hmm. Engaging in another dynamic, thinking about, especially as as you get into kind of like your mid-20s, you've probably had a few years under your belt of dating and different friendships, maybe you have a, a little bit of a career experience at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so you sort of know what that end feels like, and it doesn't always feel that great. And there's an opportunity there to say, okay, knowing that an ending will happen, how can I step into feeling a little bit more in, in control or mindful about how I want that experience to go? And in a romantic relationship, we don't always, we can't always predict the future. Is this person going to be the one, whatever that means to you? Mm-hmm. And is this going to be like a long-term relationship? But how do I want to feel at the end? And I think it helps us actually, if we look at the end of how we want an outcome to be, mm-hmm. we can set better intentions and more mindful practice about who we want to be throughout it. And I think it relates kind of to that instant gratification concept that you were talking about at the beginning is that in this day and age, we're completely overstimulated in our culture and the you know the news cycle moves fast our lives move fast we're constantly bombarded with messaging and options you know people always joke around about how dating is ridiculous nowadays because you can just get on a 
a, a device and swipe left or right and you're constantly inundated with choice. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to look at like commitments. And so we go for that instant sort of dopamine hit, serotonin hit, that instant gratification, what feels good. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of, I think, almost broken it down to like, okay, these things are bad and these things are good. Because if this feels good, then it must be good. And we're sort of just plowing forward with our lives. And until a, a, a sense of, you know, a time frame where things might slow down or be a little bit quieter, mm-hmm. then we take those moments of reflection. But instead of always waiting for a time when you feel yucky and sad and forcing you into into more mindful movement around the world, mm-hmm. how can you start that from the beginning? You know, how can you step into a relationship from the beginning and be like, well, who do I want to be in this? I want to show up and be really honest and trustworthy. I want to be kind. I want to be emotionally available. Or um, I want to show this person that I am committed or what, whatever your intentions are in the relationship. and. You can also bring those to friendships, too. I think friendships, especially in this day and age, are more important, and, and true, deeper relationships are more important, but they're often overlooked, because there's always going to be another friend around the corner, another new experience, another chance to meet people. And I think we're so good at putting our best foot forward at the beginning and being so excited about beginnings of relationships and you know, in a romantic relationship, it's like that honeymoon phase, mm-hmm. like friendship, you're always planning new and exciting things. But then what about in the middle? Like people always, I think also two people think about the beginning and they think about the end, but that middle is ignored. And I actually, I'm starting to have friends who've been getting married recently and they're into like their second and third year of marriage and they're like, we love each other and we're, we're happy with each other, but this is so not what we expect. Because we think about the later part in our lives where we grow old into our golden years and maybe how we want to treat each other mm-hmm. once our children are grown and out of the house. And of course, we we fantasize and romanticize about the engagement period and the beautiful wedding and celebrating with our friends and family and those exciting pieces. But what about the day in and day out? What about that section where you're just getting up in the morning, the alarm goes off, and whether you're going to make breakfast or sleep in and who's going to pick up you know, the dog from the vet and who comes home from the long day of work. And I think it's, it's, um, when we forget that, 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 that middle phase, um, is where I think we lose that intention. And then at the end, we go, how did we get here? I don't want to sound like I'm a proponent of overthinking everything and over engineering life. Definitely take things as they come. But mm-hmm. I, I find that there's a, there's a sweet spot between mindful living and moving through the world and being deliberate and precise and um, just kind of taking things as they are and this concept of like spontaneity and just sort of, well, you know, throwing all caution to the wind. And I think that there's somewhere in between where you can match both um, excitement, spontaneity and, and being open to possibilities. Yeah, I mean, I think that's so true because at the same time, when I first hear the concept, I was like, oh, does this mean you're just anticipating that everything's going to end? Isn't that a negative thing, mm-hmm. like thinking about the end? Mm-hmm. But then as I started to understand the concept, I realized when you understand it, it actually changes the narrative as to what it means to end. Mm-hmm. It You start to not really look at it as a negative thing. You just see it as something that happens. A lot of things are finite. And so knowing this and accepting it you also learn to deal with it a little bit better. Less emotion in it. I mean, I'm sure there's still a lot of emotion, but by setting the intention originally and then when it ends, you can reflect and be like, oh yeah, 
I did live out what I wanted to do. I was open in the relationship. I was this, I was that. Whereas before hearing this concept at all, hearing the ending of anything just sounds so so negative and like you're looking for blame and like what did you do wrong? And so this way you're actually seeing what you're doing right. You were doing something that you genuinely wanted to do. Yeah, I love that reframe. Looking at the end as a way to do like positive reflection and not necessarily have the, those negative connotations to it and and using it as a tool to to effectively like frame fresh beginnings and also just maintain to your intentions. I think there's there's another piece of this that's really important is the difference between intentions and expectations. So I think in general expectations are external of the external forces of um, people, things, events, and what we're expecting. And I think a lot of life is managing those expectations. You know, have you ever picked up a glass that you thought was like Sprite or soda and it was actually water and you took a sip and it was sour and, and nasty? But it's water. <laughs> of course, water is delicious and we love water. But your brain thought it was something else. And so it was that prediction and it was that expectation that it was going to be something that it wasn't. And I think a lot of life is like managing those expectations. So if you can live in intention, which the difference of mm-hmm. intention is more internal. It's who do I intend to be? How do I want to show up? You say something like, I like I think intentions can be um, really great for uh, interpersonal communication, like an argument. I want to make mm-hmm. sure that I don't raise my voice. I want to make sure that I share these three topics. I want to make sure that I give them the chance to express themselves and give them space to listen and I don't interrupt. Those intentions can be satisfied even if the other person, you know, the expectation of the other person, even if they're loud and rude and don't even edgewise or get very emotional and yell. And so refocusing things back internally, I think, is one of these concepts of the first to end. It's like, okay, how do I how do I want to feel and who do I want to be and how do I want to walk away from this internally and what can I control? Because we ultimately, as much as we love to be able to control things in this world, we really can't control anyone else, any other factors in the world but ourselves. And that comes from a sense of setting mindful attentions as opposed to expectations of everyone else or expectations of ourselves. Because that's when you come into this guilt and shame of I did something wrong or I didn't do it right. But it's more of like a guiding force and like totem as opposed to like a benchmark that has to be reached. And, and if you don't, then it's negative. I really love that because the thing is, maybe people in your life and with yourself, I, I definitely noticed this with myself and my peers. It's like, when a situation goes, you know, differently than you expect, I notice a lot of people freak out. And then, you know, it gets really hard when you're new to graduating college, and you're trying to figure out your job and relationships and moving and being financially independent, all of these things, it's kind of like they all hit you at once. And so Mm, people are just mm -hmm. grasping for things that they feel like they could control so that they feel like, you know, like, like the instant gravity, gratification I was talking to you about and so I really really love that you were talking about intention and mindfulness because you can control your intentions and by doing that you can control your actions regardless of other people like you said and so that's actually such a great way to just stay grounded too and not let yourself get caught up with you know external emotions or anxiety if you have it. Yeah, there's so much that we feel like we can't control. And I think we've been told our whole lives, you can be anything you want. You can do whatever you want. The world is your oyster. But the reality is, is that there 
are limitations and there are things beyond our control that will hinder you from that. So we end up getting to be like 18, early 20s, and we're like, I can do anything. But if I don't get to accomplish that, then I must, there must be something wrong with me. And so I think we end up almost like tricking ourselves into thinking that we are in control and we, so much of this is up to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's actually not true. And like you said, there's so much of this like adulting world that comes really quickly. It's like, okay, you have to find a job and you have to find good relationships and then, you know, managing your money and then da 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 da. There's all of these aspects of being an adult and they all hit you so quickly and it's like, well, you have all opportunities. Why aren't you, why aren't you excelling yeah. and setting like these, these sort of impossible expectations and I think it leads to a lot of like depression and anxiety when people don't feel like they're in control and then they're constantly just sort of like worried and in this cycle. And so I think one of the things that you can do to shift out of that is the way to set really great intentions mm-hmm. is to go back to your values. So instead of like specific things that you want, like, oh, I want this car, I want to live in this city, or, um, you know, I want this type of job or this type of partnership or whatever, to, to take the value pieces out of that. So what does it mean to you to get out of your hometown and, and move to a big city? Like, you know, move for me, my dream was originally New York City, and then I found it wasn't a fit for me, and I love LA, but... What was that value piece? If I had stepped back and hadn't looked at, oh my God, New York or bus, but the value of it is that I wanted to be seen and heard and I felt kind of like I didn't quite fit in in my hometown and I was sort of eclectic and had a lot of different interests and I wanted to connect with people that really made me feel like part of a community. Mm-hmm. So my value was community and I was fo- and if, you know, focusing on that and using that as your intentional totem as opposed to the expectation of, you can do anything, so you better get on it. And if you don't move to New York, you're a failure. Yeah. You know, it's, it's that different shift of setting an intention based on value as opposed to setting an expectation based on some sort of superficial marker that the world has told you that you need to accomplish based on where you're at. And bouncing off of that, you know, you found out that it didn't work for you. And I feel like for some people, if they achieved something that they thought that they would like and then they ended up not liking it then they question themselves all over again whereas you know sometimes you just have to understand that it doesn't work out how you expected it to be but at least you tried it out and so this also is one of those things that is not within your control either which is why I think your concept is so great in that it manages those expectations by saying like some these things you can control these things you can't control but as long as you're living out those values, you know, that's your guiding light. That's going to kind of help you out. Yeah, help you roll with the punches and like pivot. And then you don't always feel like you're constantly changing. You know, we're, we're always evolving and like our lives are very iterative. And I think for older generations, they were used to, you know, you sort of pick a path and you stay on it and you stay dedicated to it. And so, of course, there's the, the stereotypes that are applied to millennials is that we're flighty and we're always bouncing around and doing things. But I think at the core, we actually, it's, we always want the same thing. Mm-hmm. We're just going about them maybe a different pathways. You know, there's different roads to the same outcome. Mm-hmm. And the, the road can be easier if you continue to focus on the value that's important to you and the intention that you're trying to set for your life as opposed to these, these little benchmarks and feeling like, you know, oh my God, it's New York. Oh my God, it's LA. Maybe it's San Francisco. And to the outside eye and maybe to our parents and older generations, they're like, wow, this generation doesn't really know what they want and they can't really figure it out and they don't know how to be happy and they don't know how to commit. And I think that's completely not true. 
I think ultimately that person that's bouncing around is still looking for the same thing. They're probably looking for a sense of purpose, a sense of community, a sense of belonging, Mm -hmm. something that we crave as humans. But they're trying to constantly sort it out by like place and space because they've been told that they can, you know, there's all these opportunities and they can run around and go to all these different places. So, you know, I think if, if we were able to look at the end, picking that example, and they were to say, okay, what are my values? What do I, what am I really looking for? Mm-hmm. And how do I want to feel? Who do I want to be when I'm 30 or 35? And kind of reverse engineering that and looking backwards. I think it can kind of save, save us some pain and heartache and, and confusion and uncertainty and kind of that chaotic energy that, that is brought into our lives and into the world, you know, with, with the pace of life. It's like, oh, I'm going to try this. Oh, I'm going to try that. Yeah. And being able to, 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 to um, avoid that a little bit and, and stepping into sort of a different way of being and a different way of moving and being kind with ourselves and allowing ourselves to figure things out, but but spending the time to figure out what is it that's really important to us and what do we really value? It's mind-boggling to me. Just it's like literally everybody that I've talked to this during this this whole beginning portion of their adulting journey, they they're freaking out just the way that, you know, you're talking about. Where it's like there's all these decisions and all these things and then it's like they also want to fulfill all these huge cons, like these huge things like fi- finding their passion, like doing something to help others. And it's like, I mean, you're totally right. The be- the earlier generations, they didn't have that. But I think it also comes with us realizing that with our generation, like we have the privilege to do that, you know. And so now we're riddled with so many choices and that brings on even more like anxiousness, I guess, and uncertainty because now you have so many things out there that you can do. And then it's like, I, I wonder, like, what, what do you think about how previous generations, like, if they're, they're able to just kind of pick a path and stay with it? It's like, why do we have this issue now if, all, you know, down the line, everyone, maybe it's people's values changing. I mean, before, maybe their values was, you know, have, have a stable income you know, based on like what was going on with the economy and everything. And for us now, it's like we have kind of different values. Yeah, I think a lot of our, our culture and society is reflective on um, the shifts in economy and how we create and make money. So if you think about 50, 75 years ago, um, you know, at the end of the Industrial Revolution and, and the arise of the corporations, People could plan on getting a good job with a large company and working it their whole lives. And then at the end, they'd have a pension and they'd live on it. And that was kind of the American dream. And there was a, there was a trust and, and a relationship between you and your job and people stayed with them for a long period of time. And with different legislation and, and different patterns in like economic growth and also with the advent of technology, Jobs change because a lot of the, the manual labor and things can be automated by machine. So now, you know, you're shifting into where do you move that blue collar workforce and what does it mean to be middle class and what is a middle class job and all of those topics. And I think as you shift out of that, we, our generation, we don't have, whether you want to view it as a plight or a luxury, we don't, we can't go work for a corporation for 30, 40 years and then plan to retire with a pension. It's not really how our economy is built. And so with that shift, now we're sort of searching for, okay, well, how do we find fulfillment and security and safety and promise? Because 
our the previous generation, you know, thinking about the end, mm-hmm. they kind of had the end all saved out for them. They just had to show up and be dedicated and work hard. And there was a lot of trust and like a real relationship between, I think, a worker and their job. And now our generations, we don't have that. There's a lot of, even the way business is built. I mean, you didn't have venture capital money flowing into businesses 30 years ago. It wasn't built that way. And now you have these startup models where it's like, run fast and run forward and break everything and then we'll figure it out and we'll raise a bunch of amount of money and have a valuation and then get a quick payday. You see, there's all these different ways that our, our world and our society and our culture is, it's all, it's all intertwined. You know, it's a whole big ecosystem and I think we just don't have that anymore. And because of that, it will, it changes the way we orient with purpose and job and financial security. You know, there's that uncertainty where we're like, well, we don't really trust the corporations anymore because we've seen, unfortunately, how people have worked for, you know, many years for oh, the phone yeah. company or whatever, and then they, they end up with nothing. They don't have that pension anymore. The Social Security, which was like a government social program of a pension, so to speak, is likely going away or at least dwindling for future generations. So I think as a, as us, we've had to step into how do we make our own way? Mm-hmm. Because we don't, we can't follow that path even if we wanted to of our parents or our grandparents, of, of something predictable. And so when you add uncertainty and a feeling of insecurity, it's natural that fear comes in. And when you have fear helping you make decisions or hindering you from making smart decisions, you go back into that sense of um, insecurity and setting a lot of expectations and going for the quick wins and the instant gratification because you're sort of clawing at at whatever little uh, sense of stability you can. And I think it's all kind of a symbiotic relationship with, with where our economy and our country is. And it's, that's why it's a really interesting time for our generation to figure out what do we want from our lives? Where do we want to live? How do we want to feel safe? Do we want to get married around the same age that our parents did? Well, maybe not because we all, you know, the, as the cliche goes, we're all broke, you know, with student yeah. loans. Like, how can we afford a house? How could we bring a child into this world if we don't feel financially secure ourselves? How do we know where we're going with our career? And I think it's one of the reasons why there's so many entrepreneurs um, in our generation is because we thought, well, we got to kind of do this ourselves and figure it out. And I think it's the, the, that confusion between the generations is we're, we're just given different sort of a different scenario and different tools to play with. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons I, I find this this concept so important specifically like for millennials is because the ending isn't as certain our life isn't guaranteed and we're living longer and we're sort of having to navigate our way through the world um, on our own and there's a lot of options and a lot of confusion and a lot of stimulation and a lot of distraction so what is that grounding place that we can come to and it's like it's our values and setting intentions for your life and using that as the guiding force, I think, is, is the best thing that I've found to sort of survive and hopefully thrive in, in our modern world. Yeah, I mean, it gives me peace of mind to be able to know that, oh, okay, if this job or whatever ends, like, it, it's really nice to have the peace of mind that you were following your values. And also, I think it's just, you know, we, we mentioned this earlier, it forces you to set intention and so it also forces you to be mindful of your choices so that you know are you doing this because you need money right now or are you doing this because 
it's going to help you lead up to your goal career or something like that. Yeah. And and then at the same time, by us truly evaluating what our intentions and values are and what we hope to get out of it, I think by really understanding that, it becomes easier to communicate it to other people in our lives. Because when we don't think all of this through, because I mean, like you said, a lot of people don't think about it until it's over because they're reflecting in the sad thoughts. But if you're doing this in the beginning or during and you're constantly evaluating, you're also just being more self-aware. And when you're more self-aware, you know how to explain what you want and what your plan is to other people. Like if if my parents were asking me what I wanted to do and I had no guiding force, then I wouldn't know how to explain it. But maybe if I knew how to explain the values, that would really help them see it. Yeah. And I think self-awareness and and passion and stuff, it's infectious and it can shine through like the energy that you give off. You really know where you're at and you kind of lock into that. It's a powerful thing. And talking to your parents or talking to other people, they can feel that. That kind of stuff is palpable. But when you're bouncing around in a chaotic energy and I don't know and and confused, that people pick up on that as well. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a great point to say that people will believe in you when you believe in yourself. And people, there will be more mutual understanding and it'll be easier to communicate and create lasting relationships with people and healthier relationships with people when you have that sense of self-awareness and you know where you're at. I mean, there's that cliche, like you can't really, you know, you need to first date yourself. Like you need to really figure out who you are before you can be in like, yeah, like a long-term relationship. And I think that there's, there is definitely a sense of that. Not that you have to have it all figured out before you're, you're ready to, to dive into it with somebody or even in business, you know, if you have every, all the answers. But um, it's important that you're at least on a path, a path of self-awareness and self-reflection, a path of personal development and understanding. And I think come, with that comes a identification of your values and what's important to you and setting the intentions for where you'd like to be going. And it's a really kind of calm, trustful place as well. Because when you kind of know what you're doing, it's easier for people to trust you. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately the basis of all important and successful interpersonal dynamics among humans, right? When you when you do business with somebody, you might be buying the product, but you're buying that person. You're buying oh, that yeah. service. Definitely. You're buying that relationship. And just when you date somebody, you can't have a relationship that's not based on trust. And when you see somebody who, you know, we're all figuring it out, right? This isn't to say you have to have it all sorted, of course. Mm-hmm. But if when you have somebody who really knows, like, this is who I want to be and this is what's important to me, that beautiful trust also translates to the trust of the relationship. Can you trust this person if they know who they are? What a beautiful energy to bring to a relationship. Yeah, or even just by them knowing what the type of person you are working to be, if they notice you stray away from that, then it's easier for them to kind of say hey um didn't you want to do this what's going on there and then you can see like oh do I still want to be that person or did I just stray away from the path and maybe now I need to kind of get back to it you know mm-hmm. and one of the things that I've been as I've been working through this on my own is I've also been looking towards to how to have better relationships and you know kind of manifest and call in better partners so better friendships better romantic relationships better clients because, you know, when I stay true to what I'm really looking for, and I don't expect everybody have all the answers, but I really want people who are on a path. You know, you just have to be on your journey, you know, and knowing that, and I think that that's just a, a really beautiful framework 
for me currently as I I meet people all the time out socially and, and in business and it's sort of like, what is this person about and what their values are? And once I get clear on that, it creates a really beautiful foundation and a lot of things have opened up for me since I had a lot of endings this summer. This fall has been really a lot of beautiful new beginnings in a lot of ways and it feels really good because I was working on this first the end, you know, journaling and trying to figure out how can I apply this concept in my life to be moving forward in a really healthy way. I'm so glad that you brought up this concept to me at all because it honestly, it really does kind of help you calm down from freaking out about is this going to work out? Is this job? Is this relationship? Is this friendship? And so I'm just so grateful that you brought this whole new perspective to me and I hope and think that it will be a fresh perspective for the audience too. Yeah, I hope so. I, I'm I'm happy to share it. You know, I think it's better when we come together in really like authentic ways and and share to live more fulfilling lives. So even if there's just one listener here who got something out of this and helped kind of shift their mindset and perspective on where they're at, if they're stressed out about different things in their life, then then it was a success and a win. And I was so happy to be here and share it. Thank you so much. And just to kind of wrap up the episode, is there anything that you're currently working on or any social accounts that you want people to keep up with you on that they can kind of see what you're what you're doing? Yeah, so uh, I'll actually be rolling out the, the Struck newsletter very soon. It, the first issue should go out next week. and It'll be a biweekly newsletter that's going to be talking about marketing concepts, but really related to kind of personal experience. So these types of things like the first to end and how to apply it into building marketing strategy, of course. So there's tactical value, but also more of the human aspect of things. So if you um, want to go to my website, which is www.strucmarketing.com, if you scroll down to the bottom, you can sign up for the storm report. And we're going to be launching this newsletter. It'll come out twice a month, and there'll be a lot of really great value and different people in the community that I'm going to be bringing in to provide a lot of cool things. So that's one way to kind of keep up with with me and what I'm working on. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I really enjoyed talking about this. And for you listeners out there, if you guys have any questions or comments or anything, feel free to reach out to us. For me, you know my email. It's hello.victoriadinwin at gmail.com. All right. So I will talk to you guys next week. Thanks again, Susie. This episode was also brought to you by And Again. And Again is a sustainable apparel company with a focus in contemporary denim. They create all their pieces using recycled denim and sell them right in New York. Every month, they collaborate with artists from all over the world to discover hidden talents and bring forth exciting and limited edition designs. If you're local to New York, And Again also has a pop-up where you can meet the founders, Morgan and Greg, at 155 Grand Street in Brooklyn and see these amazing pieces in person through December 30th. Get 20% off anything in their shop using code ADULTING in all caps. As always, thank you for tuning in to Adulting with Vicky. I'm continually working hard to improve the show, so if you have any feedback or topic ideas or want advice on anything, you can get in contact with me online at victoriadnguyen.com or hello.victoriadnguyen at gmail.com. Intro remix courtesy of Shadow. Find him on Instagram as lshadow, that's E-L-S-H-D-W. You can also keep up with me via Instagram. My handle is Victoria D. Nguyen underscore. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button. And if you have a minute, it would mean so much to me if you would rate and write a review for the show. Thank you so much again, guys. I'll talk to you next week.